What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush Monday with Mr. Noel B and Mr. Chuck B. Chuck, I had a fright. I gave myself a fright. When I called you on Skype, I looked at the screen and I saw my own face and I thought it was you. <laughs> well, sorry. I don't know. How do I react no, to I that? Just, I, it, I, okay, let me rephrase. Not a fright like <laughs> hideous, you know. It was just more like staring into the abyss kind of and then the abyss staring back and then you realize you were the abyss all along. Okay. Mhm. That's feeling that, kind of Lovecraftian today. You dug your way out of that one. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> oh, I think so. Uh how is how is life? How are you how are you feeling? How are you? Are you sick? No. What do you mean? With the covids? Yeah, you don't have the covid, do you? Do, I don't have the COVIDs. No, I actually got tested um, before the big crazy spike. Yeah, if, if anyone's following the news, they know that Georgia is one of the spots that's uh, spiking pretty hard. Um, but I got tested and I was negative. I was one of these drive-through pop-up tests that it was actually at a brewery, which I thought was funny. Um, no, I'm good. I've had my kid for a week. She's good. Everyone's good. My mom's actually coming up uh, in a couple of days, which I know probably isn't recommended. But she's losing her fucking mind, going stir crazy, and just needed some company so she's coming up all right all moved into the new house feeling good about that looks great feeling good about working in my new space and then being able to exit into the house and have it be uncluttered and clean which is great Wonderful. Um, yeah, things are good how about you man how's, how's everything with you and your and your lovely family uh good we um you know ruby turned five yesterday and uh i saw that it was very sad I th- you probably saw this on my personal facebook but you know, for the past couple of months, you know, and whenever we talked about her birthday, she said she didn't want her birthday because 
she can't see her friends. And that's not uh, what you expect a five-year-old to say. So it's been heartbreaking. And all of our friends stepped up, man. And we had the coolest, best birthday ever. Um, breakfast in bed and then morning presents here at the house. And then uh, we went to um, – we had a bunch of micro parties. So we had uh, – we were going to have her schoolmates that she hasn't seen in months and months just drive by and honk and wave, but they got out of the car and the parents like masked and stood way far apart in the front yard. And the kids, you know, you can't keep kids away from each other and, and kids were not as worried about cause they're not seeing the light of day hardly. So th- three right. of her schoolmates, like they were playing outside together and it's like the first time I've seen that in months, it was amazing to see. Um, and meant a lot to her and us. And uh, then, you know, one, my one other friends had this uh, outdoor pool they built, sort of like a PVC and, and plastic bladder that you can buy, sort of a cheap above-ground pool. Sure. But it's uh, it was great. So she got to swim for the first time this summer. And then my other friends put on a puppet show in their picture window uh, that was tailored for her. <laughs> That's and awesome. did this big chalk sidewalk game for her. And uh, then we went and had a pizza party at our friend's wine shop later in like, you know, five or six o'clock in the evening. And it was just great. It was basically a bunch of little micro parties all day long driving around Atlanta. And uh, it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. That sounds pretty magical, Chuck. That's pretty amazing. You were able to pull all that off with uh, a little help from your friends as the it Beatles great, man. Would, would, would say. That's great. Everybody, everybody um, came he, through. That's awesome, man. Eden's friend had a birthday, um, and it's a, a, a really close friend of hers who um, has her mother and sister. They've been being incredibly cautious to the extreme, not leaving the house practically and you know, not going anywhere, even when things were, quote, unquote, better. Right. Um, but but she invited us over to have like a King of Pops. If anyone knows uh, King of Pops, it's a local awesome popsicle company. And yeah, we just went over there and they hadn't seen each other in person in forever and shared a popsicle in the front yard and just chatted for a while and wasn't very long, but they, we, they took the masks off and you know, they were eating a popsicle. You can't eat a popsicle in, in a mask. Yeah. Uh, so it was really, it was really, really nice. Um, and then she actually had a friend sleep over the other night, which, you know, I don't know, there might be some parents out there frowning upon that, but it was, we are comfortable with their level of quarantine. They're comfortable with our level of quarantine and everyone's just thirsting for some semblance of normalcy. So the first time she's ever had a sleepover at my house, which was really special. Uh, it was pretty awesome, actually. That's great, dude. I, I think that there are safe ways to broaden your circle a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's a, a, a toll to be paid for not seeing other humans at all either um, over, you know, as it's clear that this is going to not be over anytime soon. I think yeah. you know, there are safe ways to see people outdoors and spaced and masked and distanced. And uh, you, you got to do a little bit of that. You just got to do it the right way. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's all about different people's comfort level. But like I'm comfortable with this family and their level of, you know, dealing with this in a very you know cautious way. So having her under my roof and them just being normal, there's no worry that either of them have anything. So that's how we're choosing to deal with it. And of course, that's all run through her mom, their moms, everyone's comfortable with the same stuff. So it's not like anyone sent them out of the loop. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to have to be like that because, you know, uh, DeKalb County is all uh, 
all remote school next year. And Fulton just, I think, announced the same thing. So got to have that interpersonal interaction somehow. Yeah, what we are doing, Noel, and I've seen this actually as a thing with some other uh, families, is uh, we're doing a little micro school uh, for kindergarten. We've gotten together with uh, three other families and we have a teacher and uh, a place to do it, which is mainly going to be outdoors unless it's like terrible weather. And uh, we're all signing things and agreeing on protocols for our families and, and all that stuff. And she's going to be in a little school with uh, three other kids for the year. And it's someone's backyard. Awesome. <laughs> backyard. <laughs> and we're, we're lucky that yeah, we can I, do this, you know? Yeah. No, you are. You are. It's crazy to even talk about, I mean, you know, just how much things have changed in like six months, you know, or however long it's been time and all that has become a little blurry, but yeah, it's nice to be able to have, I will say this, I have reached out and reconnected with so many old friends that I've never even thought to, to reconnect with or talk to. Oh, I cool. feel more of a sense of community during a lot of this, just even though it's virtual community, then I think I've felt in a long time. Cause I, you probably know, like for work, I was traveling a, a shit ton to the yeah. point where I was kind of burning myself out and it was becoming kind of unpleasant. And I felt yeah. a little bit trapped in this loop of like coming and going and then having to pick up the kid and, you know, then dropping her off and then leaving again. And so being able to stand still for a while has made me realize what my, what I really want out of things and, and what's important and that's community and support and like, you know, just kindness and a little bit of the ability to kind of do some self care. I wasn't doing that. So there's been blessings in disguise with this whole thing. Uh, but totally. obviously a lot of awfulness too. So I love it, man. I have not missed getting on a plane. I'll tell you that it's been great to be home. Uh, I do miss performing live in front of people. Uh, not doing any stuff you should know shows uh, after the, our first couple this year has been tough because I really miss that and I love it so much. But uh, we miss everybody and we'll uh, we'll see you in 2022 <laughs> mm -hmm. or yep, whenever. Same. That's that's going to be the last one to come back. So who knows when that's going to be? Yep. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to 
stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. So, Noel, let's move on to some movie stuff. Uh, Of course. I want to start off with a recommendation. Uh, My good friend, Andy Ciara, uh, well, here's a little backstory, um, and a lot of people know this, but for the Stuff You Should Know TV show, um, we had this band, um, well, it was really the, the two brothers that led the band, the Henry Clay people, um, do our th- TV theme song, Joey and Andy Ciara. And they are good friends of mine from way back, uh, just from getting an email from them when they were on the road with Henry Clay people many, many years ago saying, hey, we love listening to Stuff You Should Know on the Road. We're a traveling indie band, and uh, I went and saw them at the Variety Playhouse here in Atlanta, hung out with them, and that was, geez, man, that was probably eight or ten years ago. And we became fast friends, me and Joey and Andy, and they're the best, and we're we're good buds, and we've stayed in touch over the years and seen each other a lot, hung out a lot. They did the Stuff You Should Know theme uh, song, and then uh, they both have studied film since then and filmmaking and screenwriting at AFI, and Andy – wrote his first big movie that uh andy samberg movie palms palm springs no shit i've been seeing that blasted everywhere man that's awesome that's andy's movie and uh it's getting great reviews and it's a wonderful movie and it's on hulu and at drive-ins all over the country Uh, had a big drive-in release and i encourage everyone to check out palm springs it's a very very fun heartwarming sweet strange uh take on a uh, sort of a familiar plot line, which is a bit of a Groundhog Day kind of thing. Got it. I'll check great. it out. Been meaning to. Palm Springs, everybody, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna see if I can get both Andy and Joey on at some point for their own respective shows, their own episodes. Um, but I think we're gonna move on, Noel, to uh, just sort of one big thing. These next couple episodes are gonna be a little bit shorter, just because we don't have a ton of time today, but. Um, Richard Marcel from the Movie Crushers page linked to an article from Mental Floss, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to go over the uh, 35 movies that Roger Ebert really hated. And that is the name of the, and you can follow along if you want on your own home computer, Noel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from Stacy Conrad from June of 2018. And I, I think we should just, some of them will be quicker, some of them we might want to chat about, but. The first movie on the list that Roger Ebert hated is Armageddon. He said it's a movie that's an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, 
and the human desire to be entertained. <laughs> uh, I did not like but this that movie Aerosmith song. <laughs> oh, God. Come on. So, so uh, where do you that's, land? That's all I remember. I don't know, man. Isn't it? Is it Jerry Bruckheimer? Is that who it is? Or is it uh, the other guy? I mean, Br- Bruckheimer was a producer. I, I feel like it was a Michael Bay jam, right? Michael Bay. That's who I'm confusing. Yeah. So Bruckheimer, he didn't ever direct. He was just a producer. Yeah, producer. Okay, so it's Bay that's responsible for all those god awful Transformers movies, right? Bay. Yeah, Bay. <laughs> not Bay. Not not beyond all others. No, wait. But before all else, is that what Bay stands for? I think I it is. No B A E. This is B A Y. It's a thing. It's a meme thing. Um, oh, you never heard someone that. call you their their Bay? Like, it's my Bay. It just means be before all other or something like that. No, else E B A B A E. So this is B B. Yeah, no, it's before all else. B A E Bay. This is not well, Michael Bay. Is not my Bay. Um, yeah, he he sucks. He's just it's it's bombastic garbage. You know, it it makes you feel like you're having a heart attack and a brain aneurysm at the same time. You know, uh-huh. like it's it's not good. Armageddon. I he did The Rock. I liked The Rock, but I haven't seen The Rock in many many years. But I remember enjoying that one. That's the one where uh, Sean Connery helps uh, yeah. Nicholas Cage infiltrate Alcatraz. Because he's the one man that's ever broken out of Alcatraz, the unescapable prison. Um, but Armageddon was the one about blowing up the meteor, right? They go to the meteor and they got to blow it up because otherwise it'll destroy the Earth. Correct. And then and, and then Aerosmith. Yeah, I, I I I didn't like it. All right, I didn't like it either. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. The the Brown Bunny. Uh, we don't even have to talk about that much. That was a movie from uh, what's his face. Uh, yeah, Vincent Gallo. Yeah, Vincent Gallo. He didn't like that. Uh, Jason X, he gave a half a star to. He just said, this sucks on so many levels. So there you have it. Can I really quickly just read this quote from the Brown Bunny, though? It's just so funny. He says, it is true that I am fat, but one day I will be thin, and he will still be the director of the Brown Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Referring to Vincent Gallo. It's very funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Jason X is like Friday the 13th in space, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that sounds about right. Uh, mm-hmm. Mad Dog Time is his next one. I don't think I know that movie. Do you? Nor do I. No, I do. I've not. heard Mad Dog and Glory, uh, yeah, but I, we talked I don't about know. That. Yeah, I don't know Mad Dog Time. It looks pretty bad. Ellen Barkin and uh, it looks like Richard Dreyfus, maybe Gabriel mm. Byrne. Gabriel, that's so funny because he's in the next one. There's some funny things about this list, Chuck, because he gets some things real wrong. He is on the wrong side of history on a handful of these. Yeah, and I will go ahead and say that the next one uh, is one of those. The Usual Suspects, I think, is is one of the good, really good movies of the 1990s. Yes. One and a half stars. What's his beef? I don't know. He just said Uh, he didn't care. Yeah, that's a lazy review, if you ask me. I don't know. Sounds like he wasn't paying attention if he didn't care. I, I, who knows? Everyone has their own taste, but I just have nothing but love for that movie. Same you know? here. No, I totally agree. Uh, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, Zero Stars. Uh, this just, I, I didn't see either one of those because I had no interest whatsoever. But he says the best thing is that it runs for only 75 minutes. <laughs> 
And speaking in my official capacity as a Pulitzer Prize winner, he says, Mr. Schneider, your movie sucks. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah. Way to Did flex the Pulitzer there, though. No. I'm like, how come, like, like what, how did he feel about Male Gigolo? How did he feel about part one? I don't know. He gave, he I, gave, I, it, gave it half a star? <laughs> he sort of like, you know, I, I don't know. I bet you he didn't like it. That would be my guess. Prob, prob, probably not. Uh, number seven is Mr. Magoo, the movie Mr. Magoo. Uh, yeah, starring Leslie Nielsen as Mr. Mag- as the titular Mr. Magoo. Yeah, that that I didn't see. I haven't seen a lot of these. Noel. in fact, most of them. I saw Armageddon, and I saw. Uh, I didn't even see the Brown Bunny. I saw, of course, uh, Usual Suspects, but I have not seen any of these hardly. Yeah, a lot of these are real broad comedies. Uh that sort of seems to be the running. Oh, we go. Oh, no, there's some. There's some more coming down the list that you know. One of them was your boy Aaron Mankey's favorite film of all time. Yeah, we'll get to that. It was his. It was his movie. <laughs> okay. So, Spice World, he gave half a star to. Uh, don't need to talk about that. Number nine is Good Luck Chuck. That was the Dane uh, Cook movie when he was relevant. Mm-hmm. Did you right. ever like him? Ah, man, it was like bro comedy. It, it was very much like frat boy kind of broad, you know, comedy. Uh, it is funny, though, for some reason in my iTunes library, you know how when you plug your phone into a Bluetooth or in, in a car, it'll yeah. automatically play whatever's yeah, yeah. first in your iTunes library? Somehow I have a Dane Cook stand up <laughs> in my iTunes library, and I don't okay, know bro. how it got there. I don't know how it got there, bro. And it'll just play. Oh, and I was like, ah, make it go away. That's bad. No, you got to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, number 10 is Freddy Got Fingered. Another movie I did not see. Zero stars. Yeah. Uh, this movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. Yeah. That's Tom yeah. Green. His, uh, his uh, you know, big, uh, you know, Big screen debut, and um, yeah. I think at one point he like jerks off a horse. That's the, oh, the part that Lord. I remember. Or an elephant. It's an elephant. <laughs> There's definitely a scene where an elephant ejaculates all over uh, somebody. Somebody famous plays his dad, too, in the movie. Uh, I think it like was Somebody Rip very Torn, respectable. It? I think it was Rip Torn. It may, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it is Rip Torn. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I think he gets... Uh, ejaculated upon by a, a an elephant uh number 11 corky romano half a star corky romano is like a dead zone of comedy okay did not see that i got good taste did you see the dead zone out. yeah sure that i enjoyed that mm-hmm. christopher walken i don't understand the reference what does he mean the dead zone of comedy Oh, uh, he says like a dead zone of comedy, not oh, the dead zone okay. of comedy. Okay, my 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 bad, <laughs> my bad. I would take issue with the uh, with uh, the other interpretation. Uh, number twelve is the two thousand Charlie's Angels movie. I did see that. It was certainly not good, but I I would give it more than half a star. I'd give it one and a half stars. It was. It had a couple of good parts. Maybe. You got to think too, like <laughs> he, a, a guy like him, he's got to 
He doesn't review like every movie, right? You know, I mean, I've always wondered how they pick which ones, you know, big reviewers like this go after if they're just the big tentpole movies. But like he has to have seen a lot of shitty broad comedies in his life. These are maybe just the ones that caught him on a really grumpy day or he was just like, enough of this. I will die on this hill about (laughs) good luck, Chuck. Maybe. Uh, Number 13 is Mannequin from 1987. Half a star. Uh, I gotta say, Noel Mannequin is a, is a pretty bad movie, but it is one of those '80s movies that has a little bit of a soft spot in my heart, just because I was a kid when it came out. I'll give it a nostalgia point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you haven't seen. That. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen. It. No, we've talked about that. Was on my list at one point, I believe, on my holes list. Yeah. Uh, it's isn't it get a little? Doesn't it get a little uh, a little steamy? Is there some steam? Um, some mannequin sort of. steam? Maybe Kim Cattrall. Mm. It was it was not good, but like I said, okay. nostalgia factors in. Uh, number Fair. fourteen, Roger Ebert hated Exit to Eden, a movie I did not see as well, but I think that was like a Rosie yeah. O'Donnell S and M type of jam. Well, I mean, she definitely she's an undercover cop, and they have to go undercover into some kind of kink club, and she ends up wearing a dominatrix uniform. Um, it just seemed, you know, I, th- I think his point is like, you know, you're, you're better than this, Rosie. You're better than this. He calls it a misguided film. Uh, I bet you they I get see. all this stuff wrong too. all the kink stuff. I bet they get totally wrong. Probably. Yeah, probably so. You know, play it for dumb laughs. Uh, let me yeah, see. Somebody 15. pointed out to me a movie called, you ever heard of a movie called Mr. Baseball Chuck with Tom Selleck? Sure. He like yeah. doesn't he go to like Japan to play baseball, yeah. and apparently it just really doesn't hold up. The st- he's very like ragging on Asian people for being short, and just really obvious broad stereotypes. Kind of someone brought I that mean, up to me today. Just re- yeah, I haven't seen that movie. In fact, I don't even know if I saw it back then. But if it's from that time period and about Tom Selleck going to Japan, I'm sure there are plenty of racist jokes. You know. Yep. Uh, number fifteen, Noel's Hocus Pocus. I Which is think, beloved. Uh, it's beloved. Yeah. People love Hocus Pocus. He gave it one star. Yeah, that, he got that one wrong. It's not a movie I love because it's not my demo, but I certainly recognize it as a as a beloved, pretty good movie, right? Yeah. They do like, I mean, I think you could probably classify it as cult. He's probably kind of shitting on it for what people would call camp. And you can only really identify something as camp when time has passed a little bit. Maybe he saw it and was just like, this is just bad and dumb. And then people over time were like, no, it's super campy and and, and goofy and fun. And uh, they do midnight screenings of it around Halloween, like at the plaza here in Atlanta. Like it's very, very popular. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number 16, I have been on record as not having seen this, and people think that's weird, but I did not see Tommy Boy. Uh, and I've heard a lot of people say they really love that movie. It's real dumb, but I love it. It's <laughs> perfect. It's that perfect pairing of Farley and uh, and Spade. You know, they tried to recreate it like a couple more times, like with uh, Black Sheep and maybe yeah. one other, but Tom, Tommy Boy was the OG. Uh, it's It's good, goofy, goofy comedy. All right. Uh, the Village is what you referenced earlier. Aaron Mankey's favorite film. Uh, and Ebert has this to say to the movie he gave one star to. Eventually, this, eventually the secret of those, etc., is revealed. It's a crummy secret about <laughs> one step up the ladder of narrative originality from It Was All a Dream. 
Uh, and then he says this is pretty funny when they discover the secret. He says, we want to rewind the film so we don't know the secret anymore. And then we want to keep rewinding and rewinding until we're back at the beginning and can get up from our seats and walk backward out of the theater and go down the up escalator and watch the money spring <laughs> from the cash register into our pockets. <laughs> Just savage. That's good writing. That is good criticism right there. I love it. He's such a dick. Man. Oh. R.I.P. Yeah, no, for sure. Sorry. Yeah. Not to <laughs> malign the dead or anything. You, know. you should see but the... Fuck uh, that guy. No, the, uh, Roger Ebert documentary is very good, actually. It's very heartwarming. Called Life You itself. had said that. and I, Yeah, no. I, he's He is obvious. He is the critic, probably. You know, there's obviously more influential critics like Pauline Kael and stuff and like, you know, more academic critics. But he's the one that mainstreamed film criticism. And that's yeah. you got to give him props for that. And still stuck to his guns and, you know, wrote well. He's a good writer, you know, for yeah, sure. I believe it. Uh, the Love Guru was number 18. I did not see that. I think that was the Mike Myers thing, right? Oh, yeah. You know, making fun of basically making fun of Hinduism and implying that like all, you know, Hindu uh, gurus are in some way like horn dogs that are just trying to like get into women's <laughs> pants. Uh, very problematic. Um, just not funny either. So, you know, problematic zero is stars. okay if it's actually funny. Yeah, zero stars. One star, he says. Oh, I meant from you. Oh, for me, I didn't see it. I didn't need to see it. I get it. I don't. I, I, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, number Come nineteen at me, from 1989. She's out of control. I remember that movie. If I'm not mistaken, that was uh, from the Monkeys. Mickey Dolenz. I think that was his daughter in the lead role in her only big film. Uh, he says she's out of control. Is simultaneously so bizarre and so banal that it's a first. The first movie fabricated. Entirely from sitcom cliches and plastic lifestyles without reference to any known plane of reality. <laughs> wow. Tony Danza. And then yeah, yeah. and, and the woman, the the uh the ingenue is Mickey Dolan's daughter. Yeah, I think Tony Danza plays her dad and he's got like this wild child daughter, is what I remember. This is my graduating year from high school, and even then I didn't go see that movie. What what's the name? It's called She's Out of Control. I, I just, oh yeah, okay. So I was looking this up, and I actually, I actually came upon a German poster, and I know a little German, um, and I love this. It's called in Germany "Hande weg von meiner Tochter," which means hand wringing from my daughter or something like that. But "meiner yeah. Tochter" means daughter. That's my daughter. Uh, yeah, I don't know what "Hande weg" means. I gotta, I gotta know. We can move on, but yes. I'll, I'll, I'll update. I'll update. Uh, number twenty, summer school. Uh, you know what? Summer school was kind of one of the great '80s movies. Again, not great filmmaking, but a pretty beloved '80s film. Do you have hands a German off translation? My daughter. Hands, hands off. off my daughter. That's great. <laughs> As opposed to she's out of control. Hands off my daughter. I'm Tony Danza. Mine a is, he the, is he the? Uh, mine a talk dog. Love it. What's next? It's great. Uh, Clifford. The, I think that was the movie about a big a dog. No, Clifford right? is the one with, with, well, Cl there's Clifford, the big red dog, but this is Clifford with Martin short, Martin, uh, Martin short. Cl he's, he's an asshole little man, child kid. He's, he, he's, he's Martin oh. short, 
but he, but he plays right. a little kid and he wants to go to dinosaur world and he has this little <laughs> dinosaur toy named Stefan and he's just an asshole. He's just a spoiled little brat kid. And then there's a heartwarming moment where he and Charles Grodin finally see eye to eye uh, after much, you know, consternation. I totally remember this but movie now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's bad. It's got a 10, it's got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that says it all. I uh, like Martin Short a lot, though. Martin Short, oh, is, yeah. he can do no wrong to me. He's just, he's adorable. He's great. Well, I mean, I loved him on uh, Saturday Night Live, and then uh, the 80s movie Inner Space is one of my favorite 80s movies. Love that movie. It's a good one. Here's a question: boy. as podcast as podcast people, how uh, how does he not have a, a movie review podcast as Jiminy Glick? We need to make that happen. Probably because no one remember cares Glick. Anymore. Yeah, I remember. Well, Glick. I, I all right, fair enough, Chuck. You just thanks for shutting down my dream. <laughs> uh, number twenty two, and Noel, it's just now occurring to me that this is there's no way we're going to get two episodes in. So uh, if you agree to this. Why don't we just go ahead and make this the only episode we record this week and make it a little larger? Totes. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll just get back in here next week. Does that sound good? You're not into the you're not into the retroactive two parter. We do that shit all the time. Oh yeah. We'll go long and then decide after the fact we're gonna make it a two parter and then do a little punch in or we're like, oops, ran a little long. Here's where we're gonna break it for the second. Never mind. We don't have to do that. The the crushers deserve better. <laughs> they do deserve better. Uh let me see. North from 1994 i remember that movie that was the rob reiner movie and i, I never saw it It was supposed to be very bad though you gotta read this though chuck you gotta read this read it you read it <laughs> all right i hated this movie hated 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 this movie hated it hated every simpering Stupid, vacant, audience-insulting moment of it. Hated the sensibility that thought anyone would like it. Hated the implied insult to the audience by its belief that anyone would be entertained by it. Man. Wow. You, you see what I'm getting at, though, about maybe he's having a bad day occasionally, and he's just sick of watching movies? Maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's no way this could have deserved that level of ire. I mean, come it on. It happens. I'm going to... uh I'm going to read this article. There's a link in this that says Alan Zweibel wrote this film and he got a chance to confront Ebert about the review in a bathroom. And it links to a New Yorker article called Roger and me about this encounter. And I cannot wait to read this after we record. That's going to be great. Yep. I've got it queued up as well. <laughs> uh, number 23, Noel is a movie called 200 cigarettes. Another movie that I did not see. I liked it. Um, and a lot of people like it. It's sort of lived on as a cult classic. It's about a bunch of folks uh, get, you know, at a, par a New Year's Eve party. Um, yeah, it's about like kind of rejuvenation, like, you know, like, like starting a new, but let's get real fucked up in the meantime. And they're looking for Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello, it plays himself in the movie. And he's, yeah. he, he's like sort of this mythical figure they're searching for. I, I quite enjoyed it. And I know a lot okay. of people that really like it. 24 is death to smoochie. That was the uh, Robin Williams thing. That was supposed to be very bad. Mm -hmm. it, 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 he that? gets it right here. It's unpleasant. It's, it's a very unpleasant movie to watch. Is it? Mm -hmm. None of the characters so no, are likable. <laughs> I'm going to go to bat for this next one a little bit. Number 25 is a movie I have seen called saving Silverman. Uh, he said it's so bad in so many different ways that perhaps you should see it as an example of the lowest slopes of the bell-shaped curve. 
you know what? Sarah Silverman is not a great movie. It is not some classic comedy. But I got enough laughs out of Steve Zahn and Jack Black and Amanda yes. Peet that I, I, I sort of liked it. You know, I'll go ahead and just say it. I sort of liked Saving Silverman. And isn't there a thing where they're searching for Neil Diamond? Isn't Neil Diamond like a mythical unicorn creature in this movie in the way that Elvis <laughs> Costello was in 200 Cigarettes? Well, they're in a Neil Diamond cover band, a tribute band. And right. they uh, eventually meet Neil Diamond. There are all three Neil Diamond in the tribute band, and they eventually meet him. And it's silly and it's dumb as shit, but it's, you know, Steve Zahn and Jack Black. Like, I'll take it any day. Totally. No, I mean, they're Steve both great. so good. He plays such a good dumb shit. One of the best. Uh, all right, 26 Agreed. old, the jazz singer from 1980 with Neil Diamond, a movie I did not see. Not to be confused with the jazz singer, like the blackface movie from the 30s, right? Not like yeah, a remake this, or anything, is it? No, I think it is a remake. I think it's uh, oh, uh, it wasn't was an updating, if I'm not mistaken. Why would anyone even do that? That movie is so problematic. Uh, well, he didn't. I, I can't, he I wasn't can't. in blackface in the new one. <laughs> I know. I I I I know. I know. Uh, interesting. No, he, he just he, he accuses him of being narcissistic and um, not a great actor, and that the whole thing was like a sort of an ego project. You know, uh, vanity project is the word I was looking for. I haven't seen it. I'm intrigued though. I like Neil Diamond. I'm trying to see if this was an update. I mean, I would assume so since it was. Uh... Yeah, a 1950. Oh, there was have been several. There's a 1927 mm. film, uh, a 1952 film, a 1959 television film, and then the 1980 film. So sort of like Damn. Star is Born, I think. Star is Born. I was thinking the same thing. Wild. Yeah. Uh, number 27 is a movie that we have uh, reviewed on this very, or not reviewed, but one of our guests picked on the show, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. No, a movie that is very silly, but is a classic. It's great. Stand not going to get me to say anything negative about Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> I'm not trying. If it wasn't for that movie, no one would use talk out of their asses, you know? <laughs> and where would we be? Mm -hmm. uh, 28, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Never saw it. That's Sylvester Stallone and uh, what's her name from the Golden Girls? Uh, Estelle Getty, yeah. Estelle Getty, yeah. Sylvester Stallone's like a hardened New York cop, and his mom is a nice little sweet grandma, and they but go on adventures. <laughs> she will. She eventually, you know, has to, you know, bring it, and uh, yeah, she gets involved in some sort of crime syndicate plot. And uh, I saw that movie in the theaters. I remember zero about the actual plot, other than what I just described. I'm sure that's it. Uh, mm -hmm. Twenty nine, all the Dukes of Hazard with Johnny Knoxville and. Uh, uh, Stifler, right? Wasn't he the other guy? Stifler. Yeah. Yeah. He was in it and wasn't, uh, who else was in it? Like, wasn't, wasn't it, uh, who played the Daisy Duke? Was it Jessica Simpson? I want to say it was Jessica yes, Simpson. You were totally right. I nice. remember. I actually yep. did see that movie because as a dumb young 10 year old and growing up in suburban Atlanta, uh, the Dukes of Hazard was kind of a great TV show for us. But um, it, the the remake or whatever the movie version was not good, and neither was the TV show. If I'm being honest with myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's the TV show is you know I mean this is a movie that's driven purely by nostalgia. You know, it's not like there, there's some redeeming artistic value in the Dukes of Hazard television series. You know, 
Yeah. I will say though that uh Willie Nelson as uh whatever who's the, the grandpa's name or oh Uncle Jesse. That's that was pretty uh inspired casting. And this Uncle was directed by No. <laughs> Uncle Jesse. Well, John Stamos's character in Full House was named Uncle Jesse. I thought oh. some people refer to John Stamos as Uncle Jesse. So I, 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 I guess gotcha. just they don't even remember his real name. That's funny. Uh, the, when it was directed by one of the Broken Lizard guys, uh, Jay uh, uh, Shandrekasar. Did I pronounce that mm-hmm. right? Sandra- you probably got close. <laughs> Sandrakasar. Is that right? Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna try to best you on it. Shandrasakar. Okay, that's what now I'm you, No, now you're now now you're 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 going backwards now, Chuck. I'm digging a hole. Yeah. Digging uh, a hole. Number, number thirty is the nineteen ninety uh nineteen ninety eight Godzilla movie. I think yeah, I definitely saw this one. Uh that was the Matthew Broderick one, I think, and was not very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember more about the soundtrack than I do about the movie. It had that Puff Daddy uh, featuring J- Jimmy Page, uh, where it was like cashmere, but it was Puff Daddy going, "Come with me, I'm gonna take you with me. Feel my fire, feel my call, lend me your ears." Do 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 do. And they did it on SNL, and like Jimmy Page looked like he had the look on his face, like I'm collecting a check. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about any of this. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That is so yeah. bad. Uh, winding down here, number 31, The Bucket List. I believe I've mentioned this on the show before. That movie was actually written by a fellow PA I worked with in LA, Justin Zackham. And it was one of those deals where every PA is always like, yeah, man, I'm going to be director. I got a music video I'm doing soon. Or yeah, I'm going to write this movie. I got like Rob Reiner talking to me. And he said that, and he did. He wrote a movie that Rob Reiner directed. And I was like, oh, well, son of a bitch. Justin Zackham actually uh, actually wrote a movie that got released and banned. Mm. I can't believe it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking down. the. No, I did not see it. I'm just looking down the list and seeing a couple of ones that are that are very vexing to me. Uh, All right, well, no, let's, no. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. And then Dirty Love, number 32. Don't know this one. Don't know that one at all. Moving on. Mm-mm. 33, Battlefield Earth. Did not see it, but... Some call it a cult classic now. I think I watched the first like 30 minutes. It is incomprehensibly bad. Just the writing and like there's all these terms, you know, because it's obviously folks probably mainly know this is L. Ron Hubbard's big epic work of science fiction. Um, One of them. And it was it was John Travolta's like passion project to bring this to the big screen. John Travolta being a infamous i guess uh scientology apologist yeah. even though we are pretty sure that they targeted him and were uh you know basically bribing him blackmailing him because they had dirt on him that he was gay uh, that's yeah been the rumor for many years and it really holds true uh being that his career has kind of torpedoed um but uh, it's got all these like weird L. Ron Hubbard isms and like, you know, things that like, who is this movie for? Like, it, it's not good sci-fi. I don't know what it is. You know, it's that's the yeah. problem. And it's because it's for Scientology people. You know, uh, his wife, Kelly Preston, just passed away uh, after a sort of very secret battle with breast cancer. And, uh, you know, regardless of how you build about feel about Scientology, she uh was a mother of children and uh, lost a cancer battle so that was that was sad to see that is sad uh number 34 Noel, the flintstones in viva rock vegas didn't see it 
No, I remember the first Flintstones movie um, with, uh, I think this didn't even have the same people because the first one had uh, John Goodman as Fred That's and right. uh, the Rick Moranis as Barney. And Great then casting. it had, um, it had, what's her name? Uh, uh, who we were talking about in Exit to Eden with the S&M gear. Uh, Rosie uh, yeah, O'Donnell Rosie. was, was, she was uh, uh, Barney's wife who was Betty, Betty Rubble. Yeah, she was Betty. And the lady from Big and was Wilma, I think, right? Was was Wilma, right? And 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 uh, Rob Lowe played the bad guy. No, not Rob Lowe. Sorry, another sexy dude. Um, uh, uh, uh the guy from Dune and uh, Twin Peaks. What's his name? Oh yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin plays the bad guy, and then um, Holly Berry is like a sultry, uh, femme fatale. Uh, the first one's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Did not see the second one, but I know they didn't get the same cast back, so that probably did not bode well. I didn't see either one of them, Noel. It's okay, and then John. finally, uh, number 35, Pink Flamingos, the John Waters film. You know, Pink Flamingos is what it is. Like, uh, yeah. y- are you going to pan that movie because it's not some great film? Or are you going to accept it as what it is? Which is a trashy John Waters cult classic. Yeah, but he, he even gives this little aside here. Which I think is interesting. Um, it almost says what you just said, Chuck. And it doesn't even sound like an insult. He says, note, I am not giving a star rating to Pink Flamingos because stars simply seem not to apply. It should be considered not as a film, but as a fact or perhaps as an object. Ooh. That's kind of cool. That's kind of high minded, uh, yeah. you know, way to think about a movie. I don't know. It sounds to me like he kind of liked it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, Noel. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. 
It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. All right, so we're going to wrap up with another post that I put today. And this was, name a movie that almost had it all, but had one element that ruined it. Whether it's a, a bad casting of an actor or a plot point or, or kind of anything that was like, man, if that, this movie had just changed one thing. And by the way, everybody, this is, uh, there are going to be a lot of spoilers in these. So if you hear me mention a movie that you don't want spoiled, then just skip ahead on that part because a lot of these have spoilers. Um, and I think the movie I'm going to pick was, uh, it wasn't so much one element, but the entire third act of that science fiction movie, Sunshine. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, we talked about this. It sort of turns almost into like a weird slasher movie out of yeah. nowhere, kind of. Isn't that sort of the deal? There's like a chase and the bad guy is coming after everybody. Um, but that's not what it really was up to that point. It felt like a weird jackknife kind of left turn. Yeah, I just I think it was so good through two acts. And it's a Danny Boyle film uh, written by Alex Garland. So all the pieces are sort of there because, you know, Alex Garland love- wrote that. Yeah, he wrote it when... I had no idea. Wow. Well, I guess he wasn't that young, but uh, wrote it in his 30s. I think it's kind of one of the first things he did. That's Uh, cool. Actually, he wrote uh, 28 Days Later and The Beach. I did not know that. I did not know either of those. He just came out of left field with uh, Ex Machina, as far as I was concerned, which I fucking adore. Yeah, and he also wrote a movie called uh, Never Let Me Go, which I haven't seen that Emily said was pretty good. Cool. But yeah, Sunshine's going to be mine. Uh, you can think on yours unless you know one. No, I need a minute. Uh, but we'll go with this. Amanda Stiles said signs. Throughout most of the movie, they never really showed the aliens, which made it really tense. And then you see one walking through the living room in broad daylight at the end. Ruined. Yeah, I didn't like signs. Uh, did you like it? It was the one where they were like allergic to water or something. Yeah, right? it's just... it's. Yeah, it was very contrived, I think. Did not like it. I just I, I was I was I even liked I remember, you know, the the era of M Knight coming out with a new movie every year and him being the twist master. And I really liked Unbreakable. I really liked the Sixth Sense when I was that age. Um I really liked that was it. Those were those are the two, and then yeah, I kind of lost, lost interest. <laughs> I might have just gotten old enough to realize he was a one trick pony and kind of moved on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Lee says Phantom Thread masterfully performed beautifully shot and scored but the idea that he'd willingly poison himself to maintain a closeness to a woman he seems to be utterly bored with is insane to me loved 99% of the movie hated the ending hated 
I completely, I couldn't disagree with this more. Um, I think that's the whole point of the movie is that he needed to be submissive. It's about a power dynamic. He was bored with everybody. And it was the fact that she did that to him and that he allowed her to do that to him that made him respect her and that made him crave that because he needed someone to take a firm hand with him because he was such a mama's boy, but also such a control freak. <laughs> and he needed to be able to let go and, and, and lose control. So, uh, that's, I, I couldn't agree with, disagree with that more. I thought the ending was what made the movie for me. That was like the Shyamalan twist that I was not expecting, and I thought it was brilliant. That's just Yeah, me. I, I, totally, I totally agree. Yeah. Awesome. I, lo- I loved it, Noel. Phantom Thread. Great. Like the end. Uh, Jim Crawford says this. Uh, the Brian Wilson movie, uh, Love and Mercy, a movie I very much liked. This is me talking. But he said, Paul Dano was so good in the role as a younger Brian. Uh, John Cusack is the older Brian Wilson, though. No good. Uh, he hmm. said, I'm sure with some aging makeup, we could have had Paul Dano in both roles. And I tell you what, man, I like—I really like that movie, but I did not buy John Cusack as older Brian Wilson either. I'm with you there, Jim it, Crawford. It didn't really register for me as positive or negative. I, li- I liked the movie a lot, but I don't remember feeling like any kind of way about John Cusack, but I did feel like Paul Dano was amazing, but I didn't feel the same way about Cusack, but I didn't like hate him or anything, but I think that's, that's totally valid. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Luke Connolly says this and all slightly hot take Lynn Manuel Miranda in the Hamill film. Uh, he's creative genius. I have a lot of respect for him, but if he hadn't written the show, he wouldn't be playing Alexander. He's outclassed by everyone else on that stage. Uh, his acting took me out of some of the more weighty scenes. I haven't, still haven't seen that yet. It's good. Yeah, I can't uh, wait. The hype, the, 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 the hype is pretty. I'm actually, I've got a date, uh, an, in, an in-person date, actually. I met somebody on the, on the internet. Um, eh, crazy thing. Her name is Noel. Oh, Jesus. How, how, how weird How weird would that be, Chuck, if I ended up with somebody uh, named Noel? Um, and how weird would it be Hamilton. if she was... Uh, secretly a fan and and trying to kill you and take your life yeah you know that's always a possibility i suppose (laughs) but hey if the sex is good (laughs) willing to roll the dice there chuck (laughs) (laughs) a little phantom thread thing going i got you oh let me see let's go with uh vicky strickland i absolutely love knives out the first time watching it though daniel craig's accent was uh, distracting just too much for me um, but the second time that Vicky watched it was not nearly as distracted. Well, Vicky, I think that was one of the great funny, bad accents ever in movies. <laughs> yes. He's like a foghorn leghorn. Yeah, it's great. Inspector Clouseau. I loved it. I love that movie. So I want to see it again. Uh, Jimmy Kuykendall, one of our oldest friends, says, I uh, know enough has been said about this film. But for me, The Last Jedi was almost perfect with the exception of the casino planet. Totally yeah. agree. That was a million great. percent. Yeah. Real weird. Like, like it felt like a Disney ride, you know, like, like it was, it was meaningless. It accomplished nothing. Those rat things were dumb looking. Yeah. They missed their mark on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Here's another one for last Jedi. I might as well stay on that from Brian Thomas. One of the top fans. I love last Jedi, except one thing. And it's this quote. I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy, beautiful town. <laughs> I don't remember that line. 
What? From 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 Last Jedi? I don't remember that line. Put my fist through this lousy, beautiful town? I don't that's remember amazing. that line. Do you that's, remember that's that something, line? something? No, it sounds like something you'd, you'd hear in like Chinatown or like some kind of hard-boiled detective yeah. movie. You it's know, that seems very lousy, out of beautiful town. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, Christopher Rennie, one of our old friends, says, Lincoln, there's a perfect shot of him leaving to go to the Ford's Theater. And that's where the movie should have ended. But it still goes on for 10 minutes too long. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Christopher, there's nothing that bugs me more than uh, false endings in a movie and dragging that shit out. Stop it, stop it. And I'm looking at you, Tarantino, especially with uh, Django, man. Django had four endings. Totally, yeah. I mean, they needed that big revenge slaughter, you know, with all the blood squibs. I mean, they had all those blood squibs they bought, you know, in bulk. They That's had true. to use them for something. Didn't want to lose those. I, I didn't see Lincoln, Chuck. Um, does it, it doesn't show him getting shot and, like, falling. It, it, they at least leave something to the imagination there, right? Because that would be egregious if they went all in and showed the whole fucking thing. I honestly, Noel, don't remember because that movie bored me to tears. Okay, fair enough. I didn't like Lincoln. I'm on record as saying that it was... Uh, it, it, it fooled me because I thought it was going to be a movie about Abraham Lincoln's life. And what it was, was a movie about governmental policy. Uh, it was, it bored the shit out of me. Didn't like it, but Daniel day Lewis is great. You got to hand it to him, but, uh, and it looked great and all that stuff, but yeah, just boring. And I know a lot of people disagree with me, so whatever, that's fine. I can take it. Uh, all right, let's do a couple more Nolan, then get out of here. Uh, Tim Langan says, I thought the Joker was perfect, except for the flashbacks that revealed, spoiler again, he was hallucinating about his girlfriend. Should have trusted the audience to figure that out. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's true. I think I agree I didn't too. Think they need, I don't think they needed it to be a big aha twisty moment because that, you know, that didn't really happen anywhere else and it just felt a little out of character. Um <sighs> I got to say, though, I, I was talking to some friends uh, on, on playing online video games the other day, and I was just saying, uh, hot take, you guys. We're talking about King of Comedy. I was like, King of Comedy, way better movie than The Joker. And it, it's not funny, really, but out, out of context like this, but they all got a laugh out of it because it's like they borrow so much from King of Comedy, but just tries to make it like a darker, yeah. more dystopian version that it's 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 I I could Joker didn't do anything for me outside of uh, of his performance. You know, I, I liked know, it we, the first time, but. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we even mini crushed it. I, I I liked it, but it didn't resonate with me. I wasn't. It's not a movie I've ever wanted to see again, even though I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. That's where it was I am definitely. It. it was definitely competently made, but it was just so much borrowed from King of Comedy, which was just a more clever, nuanced movie. Whereas this one seemed to kind of bludgeon you over the head with it a little bit, and it was all so much so borrowed. That it was like, what, what, what are you doing? What's, where's the original thought here? You know, I appreciate what they did with a big property and taking yeah. that risk and doing something weird with it. That was cool. But, totally. Yeah. All right. We're going to finish with this. There's a lot of good stuff on here, though, everyone. You should check out this thread. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and maybe we'll pick it up again later. But uh, Noah Hubbard says this, and I have to defend it because it's Jaws, which is my favorite movie. Uh, Noah says this. For me, it's Jaws for absolutely no reason that I know of. I cannot stand watching Richard Dreyfus. Can't put my finger on it, but he creeps me out. Um, I'm sorry, Noah. You're wrong. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus is great in that movie. 
and beloved and wonderful. So mm-hmm. uh, oh, I know everyone has their own opinion, but yours is uh, uh, not correct. <laughs> what are some other big, good, juicy Dreyfus roles? Like I, I like Mr. Holland's Opus when I was a kid. It was a very, it's very like saccharine, but it's a pretty, pretty great movie if, if, if memory serves. But what are some other big Dreyfus vehicles? Well, I mean, early on, uh, you've got the Goodbye Girl, American Graffiti, Close Encounters. Uh, what about That's Bob? Right. That's right, of course. Of course. Uh, Stakeout, always. Down and out in Beverly Hills, Let It Ride, mm. man. He, and it's funny because Richard Dreyfus is not a leading man type, yet he managed. It was a time in movie making, oh, the competition from 1980. That was so good. It's a time where a Richard Dreyfus could be a leading man. And he didn't have to look like Brad Pitt, you know? Right. It's true. In order to do that. So I miss those days when you didn't have to have the best looking person in the world as your lead character. We're sort of coming back around to that in a little bit, in a few ways. You got your Zach Galifianakis's and Jack Blackus's and, you know, yeah. com- mainly, mainly comedy types. Or uh, who's another good example of that? Like, uh, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, I mean, he was epic. Epically yeah, but he never and, played like romantic leads much. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. All right, everyone. Well, uh, we'll just let this one peter out. How about it? Maybe we should just not even speak for the rest of the episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's perfect timing, oh, too, because <laughs> my phone's about to die. We've made it so far, Chuck. We've made it so far. Now, this, this is our longest being- movie well, this is our longest mini crush ever, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's what you do when you don't split them in half. So you and I will get in here next week to cover the next couple of weeks. And uh, totally. thanks for your flexibility, my friend. You got it, brother. Always a pleasure. And, and hang in there and good luck on that date. And uh, it's been nice knowing you. Sorry you're going to get stabbed in your sleep. <laughs> no, nah, dude. It'll be the big reveal at the end where it turns out that I had phone books stuffed into my shirt. Right, and everyone listening will find out because next week I'll say, welcome to Movie Crush with me and Noelle. <laughs> ah, and she'll be wearing my face. <laughs> oh, what a great way to end. Thanks, buddy, and thanks you guys for listening. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. 
To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.